Runners, listen up. This is the right place if you want to improve your mindset, your attitude towards your running. Join me the next uh, 15 minutes or so of time well invested for you, the runner. But let's get started. Welcome to Hypno Running, the show where we do more than just talk about running. We help you find solutions to develop your full potential, making you a better, faster, and smarter runner. And here is your host, Heiko. Yes, Heiko is my name and welcome to today's podcast. Have you ever gotten on a train or in your car and you were heading in exactly the wrong direction, opposite of where you wanted to go? It's easy, it happens faster than you can think. Perhaps you arrived a little bit late at the railway station, you, you were in a rush and, oh, here's a train, let me get in. Or perhaps you, you had this urge to already be where you currently are not. And on the freeway, it dawns on you, oh man, I took the wrong exit and I'm now heading the wrong way. <laughs> now those type of corrections, they're easily made. You know, you change trains at the next station or you'll just wait till you reach the next off-ramp and then drive back. Maybe you'll be delayed a bit. You lost some time, but at the end, you're going to reach your destination. Now, in running, this can happen whilst you are running or it can happen to your running. We most probably all have gotten lost whilst running. You decided to explore a new route or simply enjoyed the current pace and scenery so much and happened to me the other day. I'm running along, minding my own business, and all of a sudden I realized I am lost. Why? It's a different city about an hour from here. and I know it more or less, but <laughs> obviously I didn't know it well enough. And next thing, you are in the searching mode. You're searching for your way back to where you started. But what I want to mention is costlier mistake than this, one that can end up affecting years of your running. So many runners seem to have a relationship with their running where they are not satisfied with the performance. But you know what? They stick to their routines, or rather they stay with what they know than trying something new and committing to it until it works, which is fine if you have something to show for it. Look, if you're doing the same thing, same thing always, and it's giving you great results, and you're satisfied, okay. But I'm talking about if you are not where you want to be, and if you're far away from your goals, and you've even maybe given up on some, some hopes and dreams that you have. And that's why trying something new, now you could say, well, is this guy talking about consistency? No, not alone consistency. Consistency without improvement, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's the same like, learning to play the piano. <laughs> How many people do you know that can play piano? The first day you start learning a few notes, the second day you can learn three chords, and next thing you're like the guy Ed Sheeran, you can play four chords, I'm sure you can play more, and you can play a couple of songs with it, but you're not a good piano player if you can only play those four chords. You can't. Now, even if you're playing them every day, you'll never be a successful, great piano player. So it's consistency and improvement, which equals Success. Merely doing something every day does not make you successful. Merely going every day for a run does not make you a successful runner. You have to find nuggets of improvement. And doesn't mean doesn't matter how small those improvements are. If you just improve 1% every day, you're going to make massive progress in a short amount of time. And if you've been listening to the show for some time, then you know what I'm going to say next. Exactly. Life is too short to be running the same old distances, the same old routes, and the same old pace. 
Become the best runner you can be at the age where you currently are, and that'll keep you on the path of constant improvement. And now we runners love to get sidetracked, you know, from gear to injury prevention to faster recovery. And the all-time favorites, give me a huge drum roll, please. Give me a huge ooh and ah. Shoes. <laughs> Don't become that guy that knows all about shoes. Only it seems to be the main topic that occupies your mind if anybody mentions the word running. If shoes were as important, you know, to to your running success or even injury prevention as we've been led to think, then, you, you know, the statistics which say something else. You know, there were about 12 studies done in uh, different studies involving more than 11,000 runners. And they found nothing relatable to shoes and injuries. So, for example, they, they asked questions like, do neutral cushion shoes result in more or fewer injuries than minimalist shoes? And the answer was, the choice of shoe makes little or no difference. There isn't even a clear agreement on which style runners prefer. <laughs> do motion control shoes result in more or fewer injuries than neutral cushion shoes? The reply is, it is uncertain because the quality of the evidence has been assessed as very low certainty, 11,000 runners. <laughs> Do shoes with a soft midsole result in more or fewer injuries than those with a hard midsole? The answer, soft midsole shoes may make little or no difference to the runner, to the number of runners sustaining a lower limb running injury when compared to hard midsole shoes. Hmm. Do stability shoes result in more or fewer injuries than neutral cushion shoes? It is uncertain. That is the reply. Do stability shoes result in more or fewer injuries than motion control shoes? The answer, it is uncertain whether or not motion control shoes reduce the number of running, runners sustaining a lower limb injury when compared to stability shoes. And finally, the big question, does prescribing shoes based on foot type reduce injury? Again, 12 different studies. 11,000 participants. There was no evidence that running shoes prescribed based on static foot posture reduced the number of injuries compared with those who receive a shoe not prescribed based on foot posture in uh, participants. I'd say that if you're happy with your shoes, there's no need to change anything and maybe let us stop blaming shoes for running injuries without also considering other factors that tend to one lead to an injury. For example, the amount of running that you do, the type, the intensity of running that you do and other factors like whether you do strength training and you probably have more to do with injury risk than your choice of shoes. Okay, so we have cleared this topic of shoes and I'm a bit, I get a bit uptight about shoes because nearly every single runner I meet talks to me about shoes sooner or later. It's, it's got nothing to do with it. Don't talk about shoes. Tell me, show me last week, how many miles, how many kilometers did you run? Which exercises did you do to strengthen that core? What did you do as injury pre uh, prevention? <laughs> and nearly every run event, there are numerous shoe manufacturers, they're promoting, they're pushing the newest, best kind of shoes. It's fine. It's okay. But if runners start to focus and direct the discussion as though they are, you know, they're signing the next million dollar agreement, come on, you're not a sponsored athlete. Reflect for a second. Reflect. Use your mind. And there's so much more out there that you can do than hinging it upon shoes. So it's the mind, isn't it? Because your mind actually controls a lot part of your running experience from motivation, how you've prepared, how you've trained, your pacing strategy, how to handle your pre-race jitters, how to handle pain, 
Your pain is in control of everything you feel or do, from your working muscles to controlling your thoughts and, of course, your emotions. And your mind has full control over your running performance, not your shoes. If your brain believes that your body is struggling or that hard times are ahead, like I had yesterday, oh, I knew this hill was going to be hard. <laughs> it will take measures that will they're going to negatively affect your running unless you've trained yourself or given yourself a different thought process to follow. And no, not shoes. <laughs> So physical training, it's, it's just as important as being able to identify and realize, yes, these are negative thoughts, okay? That is well-worn out thought pattern I'm heading into. And this is not going to lead me to be able to run at the best of my abilities. Perhaps you know, that runner that always just runs a half marathon because he or she once tried to do a full marathon and suffered from very bad knee pain. And then tried a second one and also I had knee pain. And then I tried it once and again I had a knee pain. So I mean this is evidence, unreputable evidence that running further than a half marathon gives me knee pain. Or the pavement runner who's never ever going to ride a train again because there was severe pain in his ankle or hamstrings or whatever. So... By identifying these thought patterns and then learning new patterns, it will help to filter positive and effective results. Because your conscious mind tells you that you would be much better off stopping your run. Your brain wants to protect you, so your body reacts by becoming even more fatigued. That's the power of your brain. But you can use that power for your own positive desire and goals. Because <laughs> it's not the shoes. There are a number of techniques you can use to harness the power of your mind, including developing a longer-lasting focus or enforcing positive thinking. You know, placing your mental focus on some external event or object takes your conscious mind's attention away from the upcoming difficulty or the physical fatigue of your run. And this will allow you to keep your conscious mind from getting in the way of a running goal. And... If you're thinking about shoes whilst you're running, you can't go out and buy a new pair of shoes, which apparently will solve the problem. You have what you have. So these are all techniques you're using currently on your run. Now, a great technique is being absolutely present with complete focus. Another step, another mile marker, another lamppost coming ahead, approaching another bend. The more you tend to focus on that pity party, the more you focus on, you know, replace that thought with just another 10 minutes of running. Just another 10 minutes. Because there's internal and external association. So the internal association, obviously, it's focusing on what the body is doing, how it's feeling. For example, monitoring your breathing, your foot strike, your posture, your muscle fatigue. And the external association, well, that's focusing on external data. You're looking for an aid station. Did I miss the last aid station? Am I still on course? Did I miss the road signs or the landmarks? Or my pace is way down. <laughs> there are many different examples. And, and you might know many runners that have perfected this technique. They're the runners you usually look up to. You know, they're the guys, they sign up for a marathon. I'm going to run it in 3.30. And they always seem to, like, really hit their goals because they found out what works for them. And that is the important message, the takeaway from this podcast today. You know, what shoes do you know you can run in without even thinking about it? If you walk past the store and you saw that pair on, on special offer, 50% discount, you know you can buy them, wear them, and then run without a care in the world. Well, excluding fatigue, exhaustion, and so forth. <laughs> That's how strong your go-to process should be. For example, if I see a pair of Nikes, there's a certain pair of Nikes that I really like, they fit me well, I can just buy them immediately and run in them, there'll be no hassle. With that type of confidence... 
I also have techniques in my brain if I'm struggling, if I'm feeling fatigued, if I have an injury. I know what to do. There is a thought process in place. It is just as strong as that urge to spend my money on, just do it. <laughs> and you've seen this also. Athletes, you know, skiers, race drivers, they rehearse the race strategies in their mind before they start the race. And although you may think this is a, just a mental exercise strategy to focus the mind, it actually also causes some physical changes in the body, positive ones. Now, you don't want me to quote all these very complicated studies in their names. You can look them up. But if you don't believe me, if you're so skeptical, what do you mean? Just thinking about it is going to have some positive effect. Well, don't believe me. Just set yourself up for a crummy 3K run. Why is it called a crummy 3K run? Well, let it out. As a matter of fact, before you head out, write down all the things that annoy you, that ensure you have a bad mood, those aches and pains you have, those things that bother you about running, what you really don't like about running. And put yourself in a bad mood. Let it all out. And then go for a run and feel every step of the way what is bothering you. What's the result going to be? What's the result going to be? <laughs> Terrible. And runners do this. Too often at the start, it's summer here in Germany, so I've taken part in many races, from short races right up to ultras. And I hear runners that share the ache and pain stories at the start line. And it's like they're happily, they speak in an overloud, excited voice. And they, they start to think negatively before going into the race. They are sending the same message to their mind and body. And that's going to have a detrimental effect on their run. <laughs> you know there are many races in which I had the thought, uh-oh, this is not good. Something is wrong. I started thinking that I was going to run at a much slower pace than anticipated. Now, if I let those thoughts grow, I will definitely start slowing down. Because when you allow your brain to think negative thoughts, and you've planted that seed in your mind, the brain ensures you are safe and sound. It protects you. It makes sure you will give up before you even started to explore new avenues, pushing your limits. And by having a different thought process in place, not just positive thinking, that will allow your mind and body to become more relaxed and to run more smoothly without adding extra stress. Becoming stressed, overthinking, negative thoughts, that's going to cause your muscles and your body to become tense, to become more prone to injury. Your stride is going to become shorter. You start stumbling. That foot that's behind you, it suddenly trips on something, not the front foot. <laughs> because you're in energy-saving modus, you're in limp mode, you're becoming tired, you're behaving exhausted. And running exhaustion is often more mental than physical, as your mind will give up before your body does. It's a protection mechanism. The brain subconsciously alerts the muscles, go slow, go slow, making you think that you can no longer go on. But in fact, when you get a negative thought in your mind, you should be able to quickly have that new thought process in place to distract the mind to another source, enabling you to, to break through that mind over matter wall. Now, there's a way around it. It's important to put in the mileage and the sessions, but it's also important to train your brain to listen to your body. And when your training absorbs the feelings you are getting in various muscles, are they becoming too tired that you have to give up? Or is this that you're becoming bored in your running, causing your mind to tell your body to stop? So it's a conscious improvement. Don't, don't rely on automatic improvements. As you, as you saw in the previous example, making a conscious improvement helps you to progress a lot quicker. Ask yourself, what can I do today on today's run that's going to make me a little bit better than the day before? And then do it. And the next day you ask the same question. Try to do this every day. That is how you mix consistency with improvement, which will 
help you achieve success. It'll help you accomplish your running goals, your running times a lot faster and, and lead you to that successful time to being that better runner. In life, only a few people are going to push you to do your best. And if you have somebody to do that, consider yourself lucky. If you have a friend or a colleague or a great coach who's really pushing you to do your best. And if you don't have anyone, <laughs> do it yourself. You, know, you, you need to take responsibility for your running career. <laughs> because nobody but you is responsible for what you're going to do today out on the track or out on your run. Take responsibility. Don't blame it on the shoe manufacturers. Make improvements every day. Stop comparing the prices. <laughs> Push yourself to become better. Don't wait for inspiration because it's not going to like, come and there you are. <laughs> Take action. Create new thought patterns. Write them down on your wrist whilst you look at them whilst running. And that will lead to a habit, a powerful one. Performing that habit many days, of course, then will give you success. Consistency is the key. It's the best way to improve your running. But consistency alone is not enough. You need to make room for your brain to find improvements. You know, you have to say no to something else. And quite often, your example might not be shoes. It might be something else. You are distracted. So say no to that distraction. And it doesn't matter where you put focus on the improvements. Whether they're visible right now or only going to be visible later. Because changing a thought pattern, it takes time. But once you start, you're going to grow into that process and you're going to enjoy it. So again, do something today that will make you a little bit better than yesterday. Whatever you do, do it better than yesterday. And if you don't know where to start, hey, here's a fantastic verse from the Bible. But take heart. I've overcome the world. So do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Ha! Beautiful. Thanks for joining us on today's show. My name is Heiko. God bless you. And remember, take it easy.